<clears throat> all right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? Is LJ Talks Facts right here? Expensive Facts, like always, of course. I hope you guys are doing great today. Hope you guys are having a great Monday so far. This is my NHL free agency episode. Finally, going to talk about NHL free agency. And a lot of moves have happened within the last couple weeks. A lot of moves have happened, none by my Islanders. None by my Islanders, though. So, I mean, am I surprised? Yeah, a little bit, to be honest. I will admit I'm a little bit surprised about that. But, um... It is what it is. Nothing you do about it. It, it is what it is. That's all I, all I could say on that one. That's all I could say on that one. It, it is what it is. We're going to talk about it a lot more towards the end. All right, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow reviewing Monday Night Raw. Well, there is one move the Islanders did make, though, I wanted to bring up. It was a trade. They traded for Alexander Romanoff, a defenseman from the Canadians, and the Islanders gave up the first-round pick. It was, I think it was the 13th overall pick we gave up. I actually have it right here. Let me just pull it up real quick. Because I actually wanted to talk about that trade. I haven't got the chance to talk about it. It's up here somewhere. I think it was on the 7th or the 8th. It was on draft day. Let me see. Let me pull it up real quick. All the details. So the Islanders received defenseman Alexander Romanoff. And Montreal's 2022 fourth round picks that already took place. And Montreal got our first round pick, which was the 13th overall pick. So that's all set and done right there. That's all set and done. That's all said and done right there. And I like that move, honestly. I really honestly just like that move. I really, I really do. I really, really do. Like, I don't know how many other people feel about that move, but I like it. I honestly really like it. Because I saw a lot of people, you know, Islander fans, you know, fellow Islander fans complaining about this move. And honestly, what's there to complain about? You know, did I like giving up our first round pick to get this guy? Yeah, not really, to be honest, but... This kid's not that bad. He's a hitting defenseman. Like he's a pretty good defenseman, Romanov. He's only played, I think, in the league for like two or three years right now. But he was with the Canadians when they went to the Stanley Cup against Tampa. He was there for that whole run. This kid has proven he can play. Didn't have a bad season last year. I think he scored like three goals in 79 games. So he's not not a goal scoring defenseman, but he's pretty damn good defensively. And he gets a lot of hits too, which is great. He's a hitting defenseman. You know, I think he did play with Sorokin back in the KHL back in the day. So those two have history right there. So that's good. So there's really nothing to hate about this move. I mean, I can understand giving up the first round pick. I can totally understand that. But Romanoff, you could say, solves our defensive problems. Because the Islanders, with the defense right here, it's only like one problem. Because you know Pelican Pollock will be together. I still feel like it should be Sallow and Dobson together. So I guess you could say Scotty Mayfield gets a partner. And he gets a partner right there in Romanoff. So there you go. And then you make Sebastian Ajo the seventh defenseman. And Romanoff is young. He's like 22, 23. He's young. They just got younger on defense. Because Pelican and Pollock are still young. Scotty's still young. I think Scotty's the oldest one on the defense. But he's still very young. Romanoff is young. I mean, Osawa and Dobson are young. I think Dobson's the youngest one. So the Islanders have a young defense. They really do. So that's good. And Aho, he's still fairly young. If he's the seventh defenseman, that's fine. He's really not a good defenseman, obviously. We know that for a fact. But um, I'm happy with that move. I know this is like a couple weeks ago, but I'm happy with that move, honestly. How could you not like it? You know, again, I can understand getting up the first round pick. I totally understand it. But I like it. We just got younger on defense. Would you rather Zdeno Char play in every game again? 
or Andy Green? I didn't think so. So be happy. You know, of course, I'm still upset the Islanders didn't make any moves in free agency. I'm still upset about that. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It is what it is. We'll talk more about it towards the end. But a few days before free agency did get started, Philip Forsberg agreed to an eight-year, $68 million extension with the Nashville Predators. So the Predators keep their guy. Forsberg did not test the market at all. It was a few days before free agency. He's staying in Nashville potentially for the rest of his career. And with Nashville, they're a really tricky team. They did get into the playoffs this year, but they got spanked by Colorado. I mean, they just need a lot more. They need a lot more pieces, obviously, if they want to go further. That's just, you know, stating the obvious right there. But um, we'll see what they do. Hopefully it all works out with that contract. And we know the Colorado Avalanche acquired Alexander Georgiev in a trade, and they signed him to a three-year, $10.2 million contract. And with Georgiev, who's been a backup his whole career, you look at Colorado right now because they also lost they lost Darcy Kemper. He signed with the Washington Capitals. I believe it was a five-year deal. We'll get to it when I pull it up. So, I mean, Darcy Kemper, honestly, he was great for Colorado. Like, I think he was really, really overshadowed with Colorado, honestly. Because everybody was talking about Colorado's defense and their offense. Kemper was good. He was good against Tampa. The only bad game he had was game three. Other than that, Kemper was really good in the finals. He was good throughout the whole playoffs. I mean, he, was, he was injured for a little bit at times. But when he played, he was good. He played really good Kempers. The other thing with the Avalanche now, probably Francois gets the starting job. I don't know if Georgiev gets it. I don't think Georgiev should get the starting job. Honestly, because he's been a backup his whole career. I mean, Francois, also, he's been much of a backup too. But I probably have to trust Francois more over Georgiev. And I think Georgiev is good. He always killed the Islanders. So if you're Colorado right there, when they play the Islanders this season, yeah, just go Georgiev. He fucking beats us all the time. He always does. No matter what the situation is, no matter who's on the ice, Georgiev always finds a way to beat us. He always does. It's amazing. His first career shutout was against us in 2018. It's amazing. But I think he's good. Don't think he should be the starter, but... I think Colorado's going to be interesting next year. You know, I think it's kind of weird they let Kemper walk, honestly. And the funny thing is, I always forgot that Kemper was the goaltender for the Coyotes. I always forget that. I always thought he was with Colorado. Like, I always thought he was in the system or something. I, for- I totally forgot he was with the Coyotes. And he was solid with the Coyotes. And he was great with the Avalanche. It just seems kind of weird they let him walk. And was he asking for a lot of money? Yeah, probably. But he was definitely a huge part of Colorado's success throughout the season. And in the playoffs and in the finals. He was good. Him going to Washington... Because now Washington lost Samsonov and Vanacek. Samsonov signed a one-year deal with Toronto. Because Jack Campbell, we'll get to that in just a sec. Because Toronto did lose Jack Campbell. So they signed Samsonov, who most likely would be the starting goaltender. And Samsonov really isn't that bad of a goaltender. So that's good for Toronto. And Vanacek got traded to the Devils. So Vanacek's not that bad either, to be honest. So... I don't know who, well, most likely Blackwood will get the starting job. But I'm like, oh, I mean, Vanacek could make a case for Vanacek's not that bad. He's really not, so. It, it's something with the whole goaltender situation right here. So let, let, let's talk about it, though, the goaltender situation. A lot of the goalie signings that have happened, moves that have happened. So, likes up at Georgiev. It's a good move for Colorado. Again, I, I don't think I would, again, I wouldn't have him as the starter. But... We'll see. Have him and Francois compete for it in the uh, in the preseason. Let's see who's the best. Let's see who can. Let's see who can do it. You know, Francois is going to get a big amount of games this season coming into, so that's going to be a little bit tough on him. He might get fatigued at times. You know, backups do get kind of fatigued at times when they start in a lot of games. It does happen. It's happened before. We'll see what happens. But again, I think it's a good move for Colorado. Honestly, not bad. And also, the Rangers made some goaltending moves with that. We wrap up talking about uh, goaltending moves. And, you know, the Maple Leafs getting Samsonov on a one-year deal. Like I said, Samsonov was good in Washington. Not a bad goaltender. He's not a bad goaltender at all. So, 
So it's not bad for Toronto at all. Not bad at all for them. So I'll give them credit on um I'll give them credit on that signing. You know, and Jack Campbell, who we was just talking about, signed a five year deal in Edmonton. I mean it's a lot of money he got paid, Campbell, but it does solve the Oilers, you know, goaltending problem because Mike Smith was fucking terrible against Colorado. Like, I'm not trying to make Jack Campbell seem like he's elite, but he's much better than Mike Smith right now. And he's much better than Miko Koskinen. So, getting Campbell, it's a lot. A lot of money right there. But he's much better than those other two options you have. You know, I think Campbell could actually hold it down for them for a little bit. I think he really could. I'm not saying Campbell's the key to the Oilers getting to the Stanley Cup. Because, you know, they were four wins away from getting there. But Colorado said, yeah, just no. You're getting swept. That's it. <laughs> oh, Mike Smith was so bad in that series, though. His best game, I would have to say, was game three. But other than that, oh, my goodness. He just got lit up. And Koskin, we know he's he's whatever. He's not, not, he's not good. Him and Smith are both very average. Smith used to be really good in Arizona, but he's much older now. I mean, Jesus Christ. So with them getting Campbell, it's good. It's a big loss for Toronto, though. But like I said, Sam Sonoff isn't that bad. He got him on a cheap deal. I think they also got Matt Murray as well. They got Matt Murray in a trade with the Senators. So most likely he'll be the backup, which, I mean, Murray hasn't been the same since his Pittsburgh days. He's just been, I'm not saying damn, it's good. He just hasn't been the same. He just, he needs to be fixed, honestly. Matt Murray just needs to be fixed. Can Toronto fix him? Debatable could happen, might not happen. We'll see. Because okay, he was pretty bad in Ottawa, Matt Murray. He was pretty bad, but he's in Toronto now. He'll be the backup to Sam Sonoff, most likely, which that should happen, honestly. But people, you know, people really don't talk about Sam Sonoff enough because he's pretty damn good. He really is. And you know, speaking of like you know the Capitals goaltending, you know with Vanacek going to the Devils, he's not that bad either. Honestly, he's very solid. So that's not a bad trade for the Devils. I mean, they had like a goaltending fiasco this season with Blackwood. Uh, who was the other kid? Um, Gillies, I think he, I think that's his name. Gillies. Like me and my me and my friend James went to three Islander Devil games this year, uh, this season, or say last season. He went to all four. I went to three out of four with him. He went to the last one. I didn't go to the last one, but um. I think the Devils had different goaltenders in every one of those games. I think, didn't they have Dawes as well? They had a different goaltender like almost every game right there. Like, they just had a goaltending fiasco. That's what it was. So if Blackwood could stay healthy and you have Vanacek right here. I mean, the Devils, they've been looking for that franchise goaltender for a long time now. Since Marty retired, they've been looking for that franchise goaltender. You could say Corey Schneider. He was solid for them, honestly, in his couple years he was there. He wasn't the franchise goaltender. He was very solid at best, like very average, above average at times. Sometimes he could be decent. But they need that franchise goaltender. And Blackwood seems like he could be. He's still very young. I think he's like in his early 20s still. He just can't stay healthy. That's just one problem. That's what's hurting him is the injuries. Because when he's on the ice, he's good. He's a really good goaltender. He's not that bad. I like Blackwood. He's good. He's pretty damn good. But it's just the injuries are, are just hurting him. The injuries are hurting him. But you're getting a solid guy in Vanacek right there just in case if Blackwood does go down so you don't have to do a whole, again, another fiasco right there. I, I mean, I want to see Blackwood be the franchise guy. I really do. I mean, you know, the Devils have been having trouble looking for that franchise guy. It took a while for the Islanders to get a franchise goaltender, you know, for a long time. We've been looking for that franchise goaltender. You know, it seems like Sorokin, he is our franchise guy. Even though he's only played for two seasons, he's the franchise goaltender right now. It seems like he will be in the years to come. That's what it seems like. Just like how Lundqvist was the franchise goaltender for the Rangers, and right away they found it in Chesterkin. Some teams don't find it right away. Sometimes it takes teams a long time. Like the Islanders, it's, it took them a long time to really get that franchise goaltender, and Sorokin is that guy. Like I said, with the Rangers, 
Lundqvist was the franchise goaltender for a long time, and now it's just Sturkin right away. That's amazing how they just found, like, I don't want to found him, but, like, right away, Sturkin becomes that franchise guy. Usually it doesn't work out like that right away, but for the Rangers it has. Some teams get lucky. Some teams get very, very lucky. So that's just how it is. You could say with the Bruins, too, when Tim Thomas was the guy for a while, and then Tuka Rask became the guy for a long time. So there you go. But seeing all these goalie moves, it's it's something. Speaking of the Rangers, they actually made two goalie moves, two goalie signings. They signed Yaro Halak to a one-year deal. And Yaro Halak has been a Ranger killer his whole career. So now the killer goes to the Rangers now. The killer goes to the fucking team. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's true, though. Yaro, anytime Yaro was out there against the Rangers, he always seemed to beat him. Even when he was here for his four years with the Islanders. I remember I went to an Islanders-Rangers game with one of my boys, uh, Ryan, back in 2018, in February 2018, and the Islanders shut him out 3-0. And this is at Barclays Center. Like, jeez. <laughs> Talk about Barclays Center in hockey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to deal with that for a few years. Yarl Halak got a shutout 3-0. He had 50 saves that game. 50 saves. And this is when the Islanders' defense was complete dog shit. It's when Doug Way was the head coach and Gart Snow was the GM. We were so bad defensively. But at that point in the season in February, the Islanders were very much alive for a playoff spot, but that all changed in the next few weeks as we just really went downhill because, you know, when you don't have defense, eventually your team's going to go downhill. The team just, defensively, we were so bad. And even the goaltending really wasn't that good either. Yarl struggled that year. Grice struggled that year, but Yarrow got that 50-save shutout right there against the Rangers. He always seemed to beat the Rangers, Yarrow. Always seemed to beat them when he was with us. Or with any team he's been with. He just always beats the Rangers. But now, now he's with them. Now he's with them. It's amazing. He had a pretty bad year, though, with Vancouver last year. So, we'll see how he is, though. We'll see how he does with the Rangers. But that's just the one memorable thing I remember of Halak was getting that 50-save shutout and being there for that game. And that was my first time, first and only time right now, of seeing Rangers versus Islanders. I think tickets were like 50 bucks for that game, which actually really wasn't that bad. Like 50 apiece. It actually really wasn't that bad at all. You know, but just getting to talk about Barclays Center and hockey, it was, it was a nightmare, honestly. Taking the fucking train there. Oh, my God. It was so bad. I'd rather be, I'd rather be in traffic going to Long Island than fucking riding the subway way to Barclays Center to go watch hockey. It was so bad. It was so bad. And the thing is, I don't want to go too off topic, but now I'm interested in talking about it. If you went to Barclays Center to go watch hockey, it was always cold in there. Because, of course, the ice wasn't... It's not real ice. It just wasn't. It wasn't built for hockey. It was so bad. It was always cold in there. The AC was always blasting like crazy to keep the ice cold. You don't get that at UBS Arena. You didn't get that at the Coliseum. You don't get that at MSG or any other arena. Or the Prudential Center as well, because I've been there to watch a hockey game. It's insane. It really actually was insane. I shouldn't say it's insane. It was. But again, that's the most memorable thing I remember of Yaro Halak against the Rangers getting a 50-save shutout. And it was awesome, honestly. It was a great game, too. But damn, 50 fucking shots they took. 50. Yarl stopped all of them. He was just on He was just on the mark in that game. Like, he just couldn't be stopped. I think Lundquist started for the Rangers that game, too. Yeah, he did. He did start that game. But I, I, will, I will be honest, though. Like, the last uh, thing I'll talk about that right there. That was probably... It probably was the loudest I ever heard Barkley Center for a hockey game. Because I've been there for wrestling and basketball as well. I think that was like the loudest it was for hockey, honestly. That I was there for. Because I know when the Islanders were in the playoffs there against Florida and Tampa in 2016 and against Carolina in 2019, I'm sure it was a lot different than what you saw on TV. I can imagine that. But being there live and experiencing um, Islanders Rangers in 2018, seeing them get the shutout. Again, that was probably the loudest I ever heard. The loudest I've ever heard Barclays Center. But damn, yeah, when it, when it is Islanders versus Rangers, though, the Ranger fans, man, when 
they come to our arena, they show out. They really do. They really do. I remember the Rangers did score that game, but the goal was disallowed. I think it was goaltender interference. You heard like a loud roar right there when the puck went in the net. I mean, listen, they show out the Ranger fans. They really do. It's just how it is. But <laughs> that was a memorable moment right there, and we'll see how Yarrow does. Most likely he will be the backup to Shesterka because they also did sign Louis Domingue to a two-year deal. So I don't know if the Rangers are going to run a team with three goaltenders on the same roster. Because you have to think, you would have to think probably not. I mean, Domingue is a solid backup. He did do pretty good for Pittsburgh in the playoffs, honestly. He really did, but his magic did run out in game five and game six. But when he came in in game one right there, from game one to game four, he was he was on his game, Domingue. He was shutting down the range. It's like, holy shit, are they really going to lose to Louis Domingue in this series? That would have been crazy. But I'll give the Rangers credit. They were down they were down three games to one. They came all the way back. I'll give them all that credit coming back and winning that series. You know, I really do. Don't like to admit it, but I'll give them a lot of credit. But them signing Domingue, you know, them signing Halak, it's like you start to think... You start to think, okay, are they gonna run with they're gonna run it with three goaltenders? Like what's the what's the idea here? What's the idea here? What are they gonna do? Who knows, honestly? Who actually knows? We don't know. We don't know right now. We'll see how it goes though. And speaking of uh, other goaltenders right here, the Buffalo Sabres re-signed Craig Anderson and Malcolm Subban. See, the Sabres, man, they are they're a weird team. I mean, Craig Anderson's, what, in his 40s now? And Subban, he's bounced around a lot. I think he was a goaltender for the Bruins for a time. and They got rid of him. He was in Vegas. I remember him being in Vegas. Now he's in Buffalo. I think he's been in Buffalo for a while now. He's, he's bounced around quite a lot, Subban, honestly. I would say let him be the starter, honestly, because Anderson, I mean... He's still around. He's still around, Anderson. I, I'd give it to Subban. Let's see what he can do. Honestly, that's what I would do for the Sabres. And the Sabres are the team with the longest drought in making the playoffs against each other. The Sabres, they've gotten off to hot starts their last couple seasons, but then they've come right back to they've come right back down to earth like right away. Like I remember in 2019, they got off to that hot start. They were the best team in the NHL. Then things went downhill. Things like quieted down for them. Almost same thing last year. After a nice start, then yeah, things went down. They just have no goaltending. They really told me Anderson Subban though. I mean Anderson's old, and Subban, like I said, he's bounced around a lot. They're both really not that good. Anderson used to be good. Subban, like I said, he's bounced around the league a lot, so it's like it's hard to tell what he really is. Subban, he's had his moments, but it's just hard to tell. But. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I really don't. But now we'll talk about the last thing right here, you know, with goaltenders. Like, with Darcy Kemper that I was bringing up, signing with the Washington Capitals, I believe it was a five-year deal. Not bad, though, for the Capitals. You're getting a Stanley Cup winning goaltender in Darcy Kemper. But you did lose Samsonov and Vanacek. Well, they traded Vanacek. Samsonov walked to Toronto in free agency. You're getting Kemper. I mean, that's actually... It's not a bad move. I mean, you do lose two... Solid goaltenders, but you're signing a Stanley Cup winning goaltender in Darcy Kemper. That's big right there for the Metro, right there. It's big for Washington, the Metropolitan Division, because, you know, we know Washington's an older team right here. And, you know, so is Pittsburgh when it gets them a little bit. But them signing Darcy Kemper, he's going to help them win a lot of games. We know Washington's offense... It's, it's slowly declining a little bit. I mean, Ovechkin hasn't declined at all. I don't know how he hasn't. Like, he he gets better with age. I don't know how he does it, but he just does it. But there are other pieces on the offense that have kind of, like, slowly declined a little bit. But I think Darcy Kemper's going to be a huge part in the Capitals winning a lot of games. Kind of like, kind of like Freddie Anderson with the Hurricanes. Freddie Anderson helped the Hurricanes win a lot of games. They won over 40 games for them. He was a huge part of their success. So, it's a really good signing. It's a really good signing for the Capitals. I'll give them credit. 
He's going to help them win a whole lot of games coming up this season. It's the truth. It's the truth, honestly. He's going to help them win a whole lot of games. And we'll see. We'll see how he does. That's a huge W for Washington. I will admit that. I definitely will admit that for them. But now sticking with the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Division right here, Danny Malkin, the day before free agency, re-signed to a four-year, $24.4 million contract. So Malkin, obviously, he's not the same player he used to be in Pittsburgh, but they're not breaking up this core because they also just re-signed Latang. I think it's like a five- or six-year deal. They're keeping this team together. I thought Pittsburgh was going to blow it up after this season, after getting beat by the Rangers. I thought a lot of guys were going to get traded. I thought Latang was gone. I thought Malkin was going to be gone. I even thought Crosby might be gone. But the Penguins are keeping it together. I mean, I don't think they're ever going to have a Stanley Cup run again. They haven't won a playoff series. They haven't won a playoff series since they won the Cup, I believe. Or the last time, actually, the last time they won a playoff series, was it against Philly? In 2018, and they lost to Washington in the second round. So I think, that, I think, yeah, I think they played Philly in the first round. That's their last playoff series win because they got beat by the Capitals. And in 2019, they got beat by my Islanders. They got beat in the play-in tournament or the, the qualifying round to the Canadians in 2020 in the bubble. And they lost to my Islanders again in 2021. And they just lost to the Rangers back in May in the first round. So they haven't won a playoff series in four years. You would think they were going to definitely blow it up, probably, but I, I thought wrong, and I guess a lot of us thought wrong. Because I fully expected the Penguins to be done. I expected they were going to trade away all their pieces and get younger, but they're still going to be very much the same. I mean, they're going to win. They're still going to win their fair amount of games. They're still going to make it to the playoffs, but they almost just seem like a first-round exit. They just It doesn't seem like they can keep up, honestly. And their goaltending situation isn't great. Jari isn't good, honestly. Like, I don't know how he was an all-star. Like, he's just not that great. He's very average, above average at times. At times, he could be decent, but I, I, I don't get why. I, I don't understand. I guess, I don't know. They're keeping it together. They're keeping it together. I don't know what for. I don't know. I I really don't know, honestly. I honestly don't know. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. They're keeping it going, but... Is it smart? Not really. I, I really don't know. But now we get to the other free agent signings right here. Evander Kane re-signed with the Edmonton Oilers for four years, $20.5 million. And Evander Kane has been, he definitely has been through a lot recently. You know, I've given him like a lot of shit, honestly. I, I have given him a lot of shit. But honestly, though, he was pretty good with Edmonton. He led the fucking Oilers in goals in the playoffs. He led them in goals in the playoffs. He was great. Evander Kane was awesome in the playoffs for Edmonton. That's a great re-signing. You know, I still think Kane's a really good hockey player. I mean, he's been through a lot recently. There's been a whole lot of shit with him, but it seems like he's got everything in order. The Oilers took a big risk on him. They took a big risk on him because there was a whole thing a couple years ago, like, or I think it was like a 2021 with the whole fake vaccination card. And then the gambling, and I was like, oh, shit. I didn't think any team was going to sign him. But Edmonton took that risk, and it worked for them. You, know, you could say, well, they, they didn't go to the Cup or anything. Well, Vander Kane's pretty much like a main reason why the Oilers got so very far in the playoffs. Because he led the fucking team in goals in the playoffs. He was just on the mark. So it's a four-year deal. Not really expensive. $20.5 million. Not bad, honestly, for four years. Let's see how the Oilers do, you know. They're in business right here. Resigning Kane, signing Jack Campbell. You know, 
Let's see what the Oilers can do. I mean, the Oilers are a good enough team to win. They actually are. I mean, I think it's a hot take, right? I don't know if many people are going to agree with it, but I think the Oilers are Stanley Cup contenders. They really are. They have a lot of pieces on that team. You have McDavid. You have Dreisaitl. You have Hyman. You just re-signed Kane. You still have Nugent Hopkins. Their defense is solid. You just signed Jack Campbell. You legit could make a run. You could make a run. The, the Avalanche got weaker in a way with losing Kemper. So you have to look at that right there. The Oilers just got stronger at goaltending by getting Campbell. You know, so the Oilers legit could make a run. They actually could. They could make they could make a Stanley Cup run. If everything falls into place, because with expectations right here, they, this team should be the highest goal scoring team in the league. With McDavid, with Drysdale, with resigning Kane, they should be the highest scoring team in this league. They should have a lot. They should really average a lot of goals a game. They really should. They honestly should. We'll see if it falls into place for them. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. So, former Ranger Andrew Kopp signed a five-year deal with his hometown team. Five-year, $28.125 million deal with the Detroit Red Wings. So, the Red Wings, they're kind of a weird team in a way. They're very young. They're a very young hockey team. I think they are going to be better in a couple of years, honestly. Because he's still, you have a lot of young pieces on that team. You have Zendina, now you have Kapo, who's still fairly young. You have Dylan Larkin, you have Bertuzzi. At goaltending, you have Nadelkovic. You know, I think they're going to be good in the next couple years. You know, because like I said, they're a very young team. They can only get better, you would have to say. You, you'd have to say they only can get better. They can't get worse, right? You'd have to think so. So I'm getting Andrew Kopp. Good move. It's a good move. He gets to go back home to his hometown. And let's see what he does. It's a good move. I like it for them. I like it for them. Uh, Nick Letty re-signed with the St. Louis Blues on a four-year, $16 million deal. And with the Blues right there, I got to say, why are you giving Nick Letty four years? Nick Letty has completely declined at defense. He's declined at defense the last couple years. With my Islanders, he was declining the last couple of years. The Islanders, in reality, they traded him too late. They should have traded him in 2020 instead of trading away Devon Caves. Didn't make any sense at all, but he was terrible in Detroit. The Blues took a chance on him. He wasn't that bad, but here's the thing with Letty. He's still a very good offensive defenseman. He can't play defense anymore. Defensively, he plays like shit. He plays like shit defensively. You know, offensively, he's still very good. But he just can't play defense anymore. He legit cannot play defense anymore. And the fact that he just got a four-year deal with the Blues. I expected him to maybe get like a two-year deal or something. Like, But four years? That's a lot. That's a lot right there. That's not a good move by the Blues right there. It's really not. I, wanted, I almost forgot. I want to talk about one trade that happened before the... The, um, the draft the Chicago Blackhawks traded Alex Debrink into the Ottawa Senators and man did the Blackhawks get least in that trade they got nobody back other than picks other than picks they got nobody I mean if you're the Senators right there you could have asked for like Kachuk Shabbat they asked for nobody all they got was draft picks. Seriously, for a four, a two-time 40-goal score, all you got was picks. They didn't get Shabbat or Kachuk, which I would have asked for. You're getting a 40-goal score, a two-time 40-goal score, and that's all you get is picks? That made no sense. Great for the Senators. The Senators are going to be really good in a couple of years. Maybe even this year they're going to be really good. Because they also got somebody else as well. You got a two-time 40-goal score in Debrinkin right there. That's huge for the Senators. That's what they need. That's what they needed, and they got it. But the fact that the Blackhawks got nothing out of that trade other than draft picks. Whoop-de-doo. You got draft picks. Oh, my goodness. 
you, you asked for nobody in that trade. You didn't get anybody. You might as well get rid of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. That that whole dynasty what's been done for the Blackhawks, they're not going to make a run with this team. You need to get younger. You're just wasting Patty Kane and Jonathan Taves right now. Those, those two guys could go to a team that's ready to win and really help them out. You know, but jeez, man. A two-time 40-goal score, and you got nothing but picks. Nothing but picks. Didn't get any good players out of that. If you would have gotten like a Shabbat or a Kachuk, either one of those guys, I'd say, oh, okay, they got somebody back, though. Fine. But nothing. Nothing at all. Nobody. Like, I don't understand that trade. That made no sense. Anybody... Are the Blackhawks that stupid or something? I think they might be. I don't understand that trade. That's just bad. That's just seriously bad. And you look at the Blackhawks signings that they made. They signed Max Dolman and Andres Anthonisiu on one-year, $3 million contracts. I mean, those guys are as solid as they come. But, oh, my God, the Blackhawks are terrible. They're going to be so bad. You could have got at least a couple... You could have got a couple pieces back in that trade. And you could say, oh, maybe they could be a wild card team. Maybe they could push. They are going to probably be the worst team in the league. Well, that's probably going to be the Coyotes. The Blackhawks won't be too far behind. I mean, oh, my goodness. I, I don't even know what to say about that. I really don't know what to say. Other than I'm just shocked. Flabbergasted. <laughs> made no sense at all. It really didn't. And the Blackhawks should be ashamed. They should give their fans fucking refunds going into the season. They really should. Because that was bad. So let's see. Oh, I forgot the Sabres also did add another goaltender. They did add Eric Comrie. He was actually a very solid goaltender for the Winnipeg Jets. So that's actually, I forgot about that move. That's actually a good one right there. That is a good one. And the St. Louis Blues, they did sign Thomas Grice, so he'll be Jordan Binghamton's backup. Which, eh, I mean, well, that's a tough one because Grice hasn't been the same since he left the Islanders with Detroit. Yeah, his two years in Detroit were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. Not not good at all, honestly. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. That's just telling the truth. They were pretty, he was pretty, pretty bad. Let's see, didn't Billy Huso sign with somebody else? It's because he left the Blues. Where did he go? I'm looking for him now. Give me one second. Huso is not that bad of a goaltender. The Blues let him walk. Where did he go? Oh, he signed with Detroit. He literally signed with Detroit. Holy shit. Huh. Oh, they traded him to Detroit. Oh, wow. Okay. And he agrees to a three-year contract. That's good for Detroit. Signing Huso. Not a bad goaltender. Not bad at all. I like that, to be honest. I actually do. So let's look at a few more other moves that happened. Then we'll wrap up. The Avalanche did re-sign Tori Lekkinen to a five-year, $22.5 million contract. He had a really good postseason for the, uh, for the Avalanche. That's great. Uh, Frank Ventrano signed with the Anaheim Ducks for three years, $10.95 million. And also Ryan Strom signed with the Ducks, too. And honestly, with the Ducks, they're going to be a team that's going to push, honestly. He's getting Ventrano. Ventrano's good. Strom, don't get me started on him. I mean, Strom is very, again, he's another guy that's above average at times. Could be decent at times, but he's just very above average. So I, I, I don't know about that one. But they're going to be a team to look out for. But speaking of the Rangers, they signed Vinny Trocek to a seven-year, $39.375 million contract. Honestly, I mean, Trocek is good. I like Trocek. I liked him out in Florida. He was good out there with Carolina for the last couple of years. Seven years, though, that is, that is pretty big. I mean, you look at the range right here. I'm not trying to criticize them because I'm an Islanders fan. I'm not being biased. I'm just telling the truth. The Rangers are going to be in cap hell pretty soon. 
they're going to be in cap hell. I mean, with the money-wise with Trocheck, it's not that bad, the money. It's the years. But when it comes down to contracts, look at Panarin. Panarin really hasn't lived up to that player, honestly, with that contract. He disappeared in the playoffs. Other than he did score the game-winning goal in Game 7 against Pittsburgh. Other than that, he was nowhere to be found. Especially against Tampa right there when you needed somebody to step it up. Panarin didn't do that. So that's a lot of money that they're paying Panarin. And also Zabanajan's going to want a contract. Shesterkin's going to want to get paid big in the next couple years. You know, I think they did. Didn't they sign? I think they did extend Fox. Well, you have a lot of guys you got to sign. Kako might leave. Lafonnier, he's going to want a deal at some point in a couple years. They might lose a lot of guys. They might lose a lot of guys. We sign these big contracts right here. It works. It could work for a couple years, but in the long run, it doesn't work most of the time. I mean, the Rangers, like I said, I think they're going to be in cap hell in the next couple years. I think they are. You know, it seemed like the Rangers were really going to hit rock bottom the season before, the 2020-2021 season, because they, I mean... They just didn't live. They didn't live up to expectations. Last season, they lived up to expectations. Because you see that you see that roster. The Rangers are a Stanley Cup roster. They absolutely are. You look from head to toe. They're a Stanley Cup roster. They have great offense. They have great defense, and they have great goaltending. They are a Stanley Cup contender. But their Stanley Cup window, it's not completely closed, but it's getting there. It's halfway closed. It's not as closed. As the Islander Stanley Cup window, the Islander Stanley Cup window is almost shut. The Rangers, it's halfway shut. See, I'm not being biased right there. I could be biased and say, oh, the Rangers Stanley Cup window will close before the Islanders. Like, no, that's just not true. But with the Rangers, though, it comes down to those contracts. So if they would have won it all last season, I wouldn't even be talking about them being in cap hell. I'd just be like, well, who cares? They won a cup, right? What's there to complain about? They won a Stanley Cup. What would there be to complain about? Do whatever you want. But you look at those contracts now, it's now or never. You have to win now. If they don't win this season coming up, it might be time to panic. That's all I'm going to say. I think the Rangers are going to get off to a slow start going into next season. But I think they will pull through. They are going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be the best team or the second best team in the Metro. So they're going to make it to the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind unless they completely fall off the grid, which I don't think is going to happen. And if it does, then I I wouldn't understand it. But we'll see. We shall definitely see. So we also did see Max Pacioretty get traded to... So where did he get traded to? To to look it up right here. Oh, my God. Oh, he got traded to the... He got... Oh, my God. To Montreal. (laughs) He got traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. And Max Pacioretty is still a really good hockey player. His contract was definitely a problem for Vegas. And it seems like they're, they are on the decline. I shouldn't say slowly. That's just being on, that's just being like generous. But they are definitely on the decline. They, they are completely on the decline, the uh, Golden Knights. They're completely on the decline. But it comes down to those contracts as well. Paying guys a lot of big money, especially now getting Jack Eichel. Yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. But the Hurricanes getting um, Pacioretty, honestly, not bad. It helps out their offense, so I wouldn't complain, honestly. So we'll talk about, let's see, let's see. We'll talk about maybe like two more moves we'll talk about here. See, give me one second. Yeah, we'll talk about two more moves that happened. So Andre Palat, Andre Palat signed, just had it, a five-year, $30 million deal with the New Jersey Devils. Because you know the Devils were in on Johnny Goudreau. We're going to get to Goudreau. We saved the best for last. But they did sign Andre Palat to a five-year, $30 million deal after Goudreau signed with another team. And Palat... He is a really good player in the playoffs. Like, regular season-wise, he doesn't score as much goals, but in the playoffs, he always comes to play. 
he's almost kind of like Josh Bailey in a way where he's not going to score as much in the regular season, even though Palazzo fucking 100 times better than Bailey. But in the playoffs, he'll always score in big moments. That's what Palat does. So the Devils getting him, he's got to elevate himself into a big-time goal scorer for them going forward. And the Devils have a lot of good players on that team. They have a really good young team. They could be a sneaky team right here. They honestly really could be. They really could be. We shall see, though. We shall definitely see. We shall see what happens with them. Now, getting to the last move right here. Johnny Goudreau signing a seven-year, $68.25 million contract. Not with the Philadelphia Flyers. Not with the New York Islanders. Not even with the New Jersey Devils. He signs it with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And all I have to say is, wow. And Calgary, Calgary wanted to pay him more. But he didn't want to stay in Calgary. I mean, honestly, you would have a better chance winning in Calgary. They went to the playoffs last season. Then you have winning Columbus. Like, honestly, Goudreau, he'll be a great offensive piece, no doubt in my mind, for Columbus. Like, he always has been for Calgary. And he would have been for Philly, my Islanders, or the Devils. But him signing with Columbus is very weird. Like, I can understand him signing with Philly. I can understand him coming to the island. I can understand him going to New Jersey. I can totally understand that. I can totally understand that. But Columbus? Columbus, here's the thing. Columbus has no fucking goaltending. They might have to trade Patrick Line because of the Goudreau signing. Because they're not going to be able to pay Line. So he's probably going to get traded. I mean, Line, he has moments in Columbus. He hasn't been what they've gotten him for. But you're going to wind up losing him. That's still big when you want to think about it. You're still losing a goal scorer in line A. They have little to none with goaltending. Their goaltending is maybe the worst in the league. It's up there. Their goaltending is not good. It's bad. It's pretty bad. I don't get I don't get Goudreau signing there, honestly. I mean, he elevates Columbus. He absolutely elevates them. Offensively, He might score 40 goals in his first season. I can very much see it. He could average 30 goals a season with Columbus. I could definitely see that happening. I could definitely see him scoring 30 goals a season for them. It just doesn't make any sense. Columbus is a team that doesn't look ready to win. You could say, well, how can you say it would make, you know, if we were signed with Philly? Philly's not ready to win. Philly was worse than Columbus. I mean, Philly just got a hard-nosed coach. In John Torella. John Torella is going to push that fucking team. They're going to push them. And Philly's got some good pieces. Goaltending wise, they're not good either. Carter Hart's not what he's turned out to be. Everybody expected him to be the next big thing. He's been pretty bad. And the Devils, they have a lot of great young offensive pieces. You know, you get Goudreau to play with that team. Definitely elevates them. You know, I think the Devils could have helped them, honestly. Him signing, if he was signing with the Islanders, you know, that would have been obviously, you know, definitely would have helped us offensively as well, of course. It's something, though. It really is something. I'm, I'm really, I'm still surprised and he wins at Columbus. And this happened back on, there was, yeah, day of free agency back on Thursday last week. I'm still shocked. I'm still completely shocked that he went to Columbus. I have no other words for it. That's just, I got nothing. I honestly got nothing. I just don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say about it. I really don't. I mean, I wish him all the best, honestly. I really do, but he better not start complaining in a couple of years when the Blue Jackets aren't fucking winning. I mean, this is what you put all your cards on the table right here. You're taking the chance right here. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I actually don't know right now. I honestly don't. I don't think it's a great move for him. It's a great move for Columbus, obviously, but 
I mean, Goudreau's definitely going to get booed out of the building when Columbus goes to Calgary because Calgary offered him more money, and he flat out said he didn't want to stay there anymore. So those fans are definitely going to take that to offense. He'll get a tribute video, but it, I don't think it'll be as bad as Tavares when he got fucking booed on the island a couple years ago. It'll be bad, but it won't be as bad, honestly, because Tavares said he wanted to stay with the Islanders and he didn't want to get traded at the deadline in 2018. That's a whole different story. You know, Goudreau flat out said, I don't want to stay here anymore. I'm, I'm turning down this contract. I'm testing the market. I'm done. So, Cal- I mean, maybe it will be as bad. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But the last thing I want to talk about, I am disappointed the Islanders didn't make any free agent signings at all. I mean, Nazem Kadri's still available, but he is a center, so where are you going to put him? You already have... All the centers right here in Barzell, Nelson, Pajot, and Tzizekis, so he really doesn't fit. They, they've talked about Tarasenko at times. I don't know if that trade's ever going to happen. We heard it a lot last year. They should have done it. I know they wanted Beauvillier, I believe, and Bellows. Well, Beauvillier had a down season. Bellows was getting benched left and right. Tarasenko scored 30 goals. That's all I could say. And everybody thought Tarasenko was damaged good. He scored 30 goals last season. So, that, that's, that's about it. So, okay then. That's all I can say on that one. But all right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. It was great, it was great to talk some hockey with you guys. Hopefully, I can talk about a little bit more with the Islanders pretty soon. That would be really nice. But all right, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And... The schedule this week with episodes, where we'll talk about Monday Night Raw tomorrow, NXT 2.0 on Wednesday, Fighter Fest, or Dynamite Fighter Fest week two on Thursday, uh, nothing for Friday. Maybe we'll talk about the next one. We'll leave Friday a day off. We'll keep that a day off right there. Saturday, I'll review AEW Fighter Fest, AEW Rampage Fighter Fest week two, and give my death before dishonor. Uh, review, oh, not, oh my god, my Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor predictions, and then Sunday, I'll review Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, and then next Monday, I'll review SmackDown. Kind of like I'll do like a reverse, like when SummerSlam comes up, you get what I'm trying to say? Alright guys, <laughs> a lot of wrestling to talk about in a little bit. I hope you guys again enjoy this episode, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. To review Monday night at all. Talk to you guys then.